You're listening to The Jazz Session with Jason Crane. Since 2007, the original jazz interview podcast. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 624 for August 16th, 2023. On this episode, saxophonist Moreira Shangisa. Members of the Jazz Session also get This I Dig of You, the Patreon bonus show on which I ask the guest from the main show to talk about something non-musical that is bringing them joy. You can hear that bonus show by becoming a member for five bucks a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. You'll also get early access to every episode of the show. You'll get occasional behind-the-scenes info. You'll get other bonus material. You'll often know about new guests before anybody else. Plus, for every episode, I choose one Patreon supporter to name as the sponsor of the episode. This episode was brought to you by Josh Rutner, who has actually appeared on more episodes of The Jazz Session than I have, because his band, The Respect Sextet, plays the theme music. He's also been a guest multiple times. Thanks, Josh. Moreira Shangisa's new album is called Songs of Peace. Here's the opening track. Moreira Shangisa, welcome to the Jazz Session. Thank you very much for the invitation, Jason. So this album, in many ways, uh, feels like, and I know from reading about it, is in some ways uh, a celebration of life after the strange era of the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about that, your inspiration for making this record? Uh, Jason, thank you very much. Sons of Peace, as uh, the name already uh, says, it's a celebration of life. But most important, acknowledgement of life. And uh, I think uh, uh, I'll give my own example. I think I took life for granted many times. Uh, I think probably I've complained too much about life, not knowing that one day I was going to be put against the wall and realize that, wow, how blessed and how lucky I am. Then we have the situation with COVID, which was a good sort of reminder again, okay, that hello, uh, it's not worth complaining. You're going to wake up and go do what you have to do. And uh, that we have to respect nature. What I mean is uh, usually human beings have a tendency to think that they control everything 
They can't control everything. They speak about God. They speak about nature. They speak about spirituality. They speak about anything, but they don't give time for nature to do its part. They don't give time for the spirituality world to do the same. They don't give time for for God to do his part because we want to be under control. But then COVID came and taught us a serious lesson. So COVID for me was a time of reflection and I'm very blessed and very lucky that I survived. Myself, as you know, I got sick. I was hospitalized for five days. I did not die. I am here talking to you. So my acknowledge for life is even better. But most important is that although I'm living in an African country, uh, uh, a new country only with 48, 48 years old, which is Mozambique, the problem was equal to any everyone. It was, it was, there was no white and black. There was no... There was no poor and rich. Uh, actually, if you realize, a lot of wealthy, rich people lost their lives. You know what I mean? And uh, as in Africa, yes, we were severely affected, but we were also very lucky. So that's where the story of Sounds of Peace comes across, especially because of the mental health. Uh, okay, because of the uh, because of uh, realizing that. There's things that you should have done that you didn't do. There's things that you should have appreciated and you didn't do. So I was lucky to survive COVID and still do an album, still telling my story. The songs were not they were not all written during COVID. Enough. It's not about that. But the contextualization is about that. But most important, it's about the world as a whole. Today, I'm here sitting with you. Uh, and there's no channel in the world that does not talk about Russian Ukraine war. Okay, the problem with uh, terrorism in the north of my country, of Mozambique, in a province of Cap Delgado, uh, problems everywhere. So I realized that Sounds of Peace was actually bigger than the time that we spent after COVID or before COVID. Uh, the world needs peace. The, the world needs silence. The world needs, we need to reflect about the world. Okay, so I guess subconsciously, Art as those things. That's why today, if you're speaking about a piece of art from Van, Van Gogh, Picasso, Basquiat was now in uh, in Paris. I went to the the Louis Vuitton Museum. I saw the Basquiat, Andy Warhol. Pieces, old pieces, but so relevant today. Okay, so just to say to you that sometimes that's where the the role of art and jazz in particular, you know, it's 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 always about the relevance of today. It doesn't matter if you've done 50, 60 years ago, like I Love Supreme or Kind of Blue or, or Strange Fruit from Billy Holiday or, or Sol Makosa from Manu Dibang or Stimela from Yuma Sikela. It's so relevant today. I think that's the essence of jazz, you know what I mean? And it's all. So Sounds of Peace is about you too, Jason. You need peace. You know, it may not be a peace against terrorism, may not be a peace against against natural disasters, but it might be your own peace. <laughs> you understand? So it sounds of peace is about that. <laughs> Silambo, 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 Silambo,
you recorded this album with musicians from your More Jazz project, which I know started as a festival and then there's a big band. Can you just tell us about that project and then about how it led to this recording? Um, when I went to study in South Africa, the language of communication was English. Okay. And I didn't speak proper English. I was well received by South Africans in Cape Town and South Africans as a whole. I built uh, families there without blood based on relationship, that acceptance. I came, they've accepted me the way I am, where I came from, with my habits, with my, 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 with, it was more rare. Okay. So, um, and I did the same because if I didn't do it, although I was there, I wouldn't be there comfortably. Okay. So one of the things that always touched me was that in Africa, we don't have enough libraries. If you go to any country in Africa today, you Google, sorry, the first problem is going to be education. Any, any country in Africa, it's education, okay? Kids don't have access to school, okay? Or kids go to poor schools, or kids don't have chairs and tables to sit at school, or kids don't have books to write at school, or kids don't have roofs, etc., etc. So that's where my passion for ethnomusicology came and my dream that we should create conditions for, for kids to have books. But I cannot save the world before I save myself. Does it make sense? So I used to borrow books when I came on holiday to Mozambique from the library at UCT. <laughs> they must have known this. They will know it now. <laughs> and bring to Mozambique. Unfortunately, I had to copy them at the time and live with the kids at school. So from that that music school in Mozambique, which is today called the Nationals, actually, it was always called the National School of Music. That's where I got my basic level. So by doing that, when I went to school, I just don't, I just didn't take the book. I would find a kid trying to blow the sax, then I would spend time with him. Three, four, five years later, I finished my course, I started my solo career. Man, we were with 30, 40 kids <laughs> subconsciously. And that was the more jazz big band. Do you understand? And uh, all those kids need a read, they need a mouthpiece, they need a strap. Some the parents can afford, but most they can't. So we built a community. Okay. So today I'm sitting with you now, and some of these kids, they played on the album. <laughs> so we grew together. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, we grew together. Uh, 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 for instance, I'll speak about a drama called Vando. Van de Infant, who plays on album, which is uh, a musician that is growing immensely in his own right. I'm not saying that he owes anything from me. No, it's his own right. He's growing. And uh, I met him because he came to bail us out on one celebration of International Jazz Day for the more jazz big band. And then he stayed. From there, we developed a relationship. Okay. And today he plays on the album. So that's how it, it happens. Everything has to do with education, okay? From there it came the More Jazz Festival, but at the, the essence is education, okay? Yes, became commercial products, some became social products, but all had to do with education.
And that really seems to be uh, just, you know, reading through the things you've done in your career, that idea of music as social engagement. I mean, that seems to be at the absolute root yeah. of what you do as a musician. Your purpose. Nothing will beat your purpose. We have a choice to choose sometimes a purpose. We have a choice to be guided and understand what is your purpose. Today, it's in, not, I won't say fashion. You, you see the proliferation of billionaires in the world coming from America and elsewhere. Um, they discover their purpose or they, they practice their real purpose after they achieved a, a certain uh, level of wealth that allows them to express what they probably could not do it before they had that money. We are doing without money. <laughs> you get what I mean? We are doing without money. Why? Because it's our purpose, Jason. So that's my purpose. You want to go to space. You want to donate for the Foundation X. I live like that every day because I understood that being an African and a continent of Africa, I refuse to believe what the media shows every day that Africa is all about corruption. Africa is all about the politicians. Africa is all about um, mismanagement. Of course, we have those problems. But I think, yeah, talking to Jason today, sitting on the other side of the world, we're not talking about corruption. We're not talking about natural disasters because you also have corruption. You also have natural, but we are talking about the purpose, what we did, is the same purpose of what you believe, <laughs> Jason. So, uh, and uh, that's 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 the reason why, uh, for me, uh, I, I'm very proud uh, to be in an ecosystem uh, that is not fully developed because it gives me to make a small contribution for the development, a positive development of my country, of my continent with issues related to positive purposes. So it's a lot of people doing amazing things in Mozambique and South Africa, in Nigeria. It's amazing people doing, you know what I mean? Uh, across technology, you can see startups, of course, agriculture, creative industries, etc., etc. So I'm glad, I'm lucky. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that uh, everything looks beautiful, no. <laughs> it's the hustle every day, but uh, we are lucky to practice our purpose before we reach what everybody says. Ah, oh, when I get this kind of money, we don't even think of money. We don't. We don't even have a chance to do a budget. We we have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sono, eu, 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 eu,
la curada, la chacha con raza, yo tengo que cuidar. Uguira, uguira, va a ganar mi lavanchera. A mí voy a lavar este chacuelo, va a chula. You mentioned uh, your education uh, in Cape Town, but can we go just a little further back? Can you tell me how you were first introduced to jazz and when you first started playing? I was very lucky because I was introduced to jazz by family, by my father in particular. My father uh, passed away uh, 11 years ago, but he was the person... uh, His background, he went to study in Cuba, he studied uh, chemistry, and uh, pharmacology, I don't know if there's such a word. So, but he was uh, a very passionate by art, music, photography, sculpture, uh, journalism, okay? He was a, a person with a very critical mind, okay? Um, and uh, he, studying in Cuba, of course, the mindset, socialists, you know, but at the same time, very open, very contemporary, very modern person. So my father in particular, of course, my father, my mother, my entire family, my uncle, Eben, that ones who opened the door for me by listening, but not only I was exposed by to music, to books, to art. And I met lots of musicians from Mozambique when I was a kid. So that's my essence. And when I was the age of seven, I went to the National School of Music as an extracurricular subject to do music, which I didn't last. I think I stayed two years at the age of nine and ran away because I thought that was boring, man. Look at me saying that was boring. The same guy who did Sounds of Peace. <laughs> when I was 13, uh, I went back to school. Uh, no one forced me. Uh, that's why I say that music chose me. I didn't choose music and I just followed my purpose. Why the saxophone? Because most of the music that my father listened to it with uh, regards to jazz was uh, was based on the uh, wind instruments. If, if it wasn't Miles Davis, it was John Coltrane. If it wasn't Fela Kuti, uh, was Yuma Sikela. And if it wasn't Miriam Akeba, was James Brown. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say. So I was very privileged to have Nat King Cole, to have the full spectrum across Africa to Brazil and Americas, okay, in terms of music. But yet he also loved blues. He, uh, uh, he loved rock. Like, like I still have an old VHS of my father of Deep Purple, <laughs> Percy Sledge. You, you get what I mean? So it was, I was very privileged. Probably this influenced me also to be a producer, okay, because uh, I, don't have, I don't have a favorite style of music. I express myself better with jazz, but it does not mean that I'm just a jazz musician. I express myself better with jazz. It's the language I found better to express myself, but I listen to everything. So I went to the music school. I started joining small jazz bands with the influence of a very man in Mozambique uh, called the Professor Orlando. You know, every city, every area has a guy. Was you know what I'm saying? 
It is not a writer. Yeah, it's the same here. It's yeah. same. It's a photographer, the guy who influenced to, for the village vanguard to open. We also have a guy here, which we call him Professor Orlando. You know, who was a he's a saxophone player. He's probably in his late sixties now. Then we had another guy, a photographer called Ricardo Rangel. He used to travel with our first president of Mozambique, called uh, Samora Michelle. I'm sure you've heard. So, but when he used to do those trips, he was a photojournalist to 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 those Western countries for politics. Then he ran away to go to the jazz clubs. He met Dizzy Gillespie, this this guy, and this the guy. He had a beautiful collection of vinyls of jazz so this kind of people are the ones who influence us with information okay so for me to say that uh, i was i'm uh, i think i became privileged i would say so to be surrounded by great minds and uh, that's often people ask me morena for you when they see me on tv they see probably doing advertising. They see me traveling and doing tours. Oh, you are very successful. What's the secret? What can you tell to my kids or to students? I said, for me, success, if you really, I don't believe I've started yet. <laughs> I haven't started. <laughs> but if you think I'm successful, I'm going to tell you something. Surround yourself with best, better people than you. If you surround yourself, but people that are better than you, with more knowledge than you, with more experience in life than you, with uh, more audacity to do things that you will do it, I think you have a chance of becoming successful, okay? But now if you're thinking about successes because you have a big house, you have a big car, are you wrong? <laughs> uh, because what stays behind is your legacy. It's the purpose that of everything you've done, that purpose is what stays behind. Today we remember Steve Jobs because of that. We remember Basquiat because of his purpose, you know. We remember John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, Fela Kuti, Mamandi Bango, Yuma Sikela, Miriam Akeba, etc. because of that. So in sports, the same. In politics, the same. In spirituality, the same. So that was my life. I was, I am very lucky. I was very lucky. I'm still because I was within an ecosystem of grand minds, grand mi great minds. Great minds does not mean people with money, because the world today is crazy. It's all money, money. No, no, no. I'm saying great minds, people that were doing things for the purpose of a better world. You can support what I do and help keep the archives freely available for everyone by becoming a member for just $5 a month. You'll get a bonus episode with every regular show, plus early access to every show, additional bonus material, and other behind-the-scenes updates. Become a member today at thejazzsession.com slash join. I write press releases and artist bios and liner notes and Wikipedia pages for musicians and other folks, too. I've done that for many of the people you've heard on this show. You can see samples of my work at cranewrites.com. I'd love to write for you, so check out the samples and get in touch. Now, back to the episode.
One of those great minds, and he's come up a couple times in this interview, uh, a person with whom you played and recorded was Mano Dibango, a great Cameroonian jazz legend. Uh, was no longer with us, but was with us for a long time and made so much incredible music. Would you say anything you would like to say about him and your experience with him? Jason, what's that to say? You've said it all. You know, what's that to say? Uh, I recorded a full album with Mano Dibango. You get what I'm saying? Uh, I think at the time I was, <laughs> good question, uh, probably close to 40 or 40 with Manu Dibango. Who would have thought about that? You know, uh, I'm sitting here in Mozambique in a Portuguese speaking country, border with South Africa, Zambia, Swaziland, and this guy is sitting in Paris, and he's the guru, he's the monster, actually the lion of Africa, the guy who sued Michael Jackson <laughs> and won. And I've done an album, so wow. What's that to say? Just keep following your dreams. It's possible. How did you connect with him? Maybe that's a better question to ask. I think my first connection with Manu Dubangu is spiritual of the music and my father uh, did a trip to Zimbabwe on work and I remember very well he stayed at a Sheraton hotel in Zimbabwe which I ended up staying and the night he arrived all the guests in the hotel uh, got tickets to go watch Manu Dibango's show and my father out of that show brought a t-shirt black t-shirt with a yellow face of Manu Dibango yeah Okay, I think that's my first connection with him. But I met Manu Dibango. Uh, do you remember the the end of 1999 uh, when everybody was panicking about the Y2K? <laughs> yes. I remember when we had the transition to the year 2000? Yes. Very lucky to be chosen. I was still living in Cape Town at the time to be part of the big band that was going to back uh, uh, a big event in Robin Island, uh, okay, put it together by Nelson Mandela at the time, and they called the. Uh, the... I'm, I'm just going to put in here for listeners that Robin Island was the place where Nelson Mandela and many other people were imprisoned. Yes. Yeah. So they put together concerts in Robin Island, at the island, really, okay, and the concert was called the Millennium Concerts, okay. Uh, and I was part of the big band. There was, and Manu Dibango was one of, of the featured artists amongst my many others. And I hear backstage this gentleman uh, playing solo, warming up, and, I, and he's playing now the time. But you know, it's Manu Dibango has this thing that it changed my playing actually, you know, because when you're young, we are very, you know. But it done, you see, when you listen to a Ben Webster, when you listen to, it's like, it's done everything so cool, man. Every note he plays, 
it doesn't matter how difficult the changes of the music is. For us, it's difficult. We get tense, and this guy is so cool. It's irritating. Eh? It's so cool, you know? And I go, man, that's so difficult. How can he play it so cool? What I mean? So now I met Manu Dibango, and he's playing Bada Badi Bodo alone. Bada Dati on altar. Bada Dati, Dada Dati. Now's the time. And I followed the sound, and I knocked the door, and this tall, big guy opens the door, and he goes, <laughs> How are you, young man? <laughs> man, and I froze. <laughs> I tell him my story in 30 seconds. I think I, I, I mentioned 100,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he gave me his home phone number. And he said, one day, if you come to Paris, call me. It's all he said. I called Manu Dibango every month for the next 10 years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and because he didn't carry a cell phone, okay? And the manager is one who used to listen Claire Dibault to the messages at home on the voice message. Uh, uh, and uh, we create an affection for each other. I recorded my first album. When I did my second album, I had this vision of having him on one of the songs. My second album is called The Citizen of the World, The Moreira Project. And I featured him on a, on a song called West South Side. And the guy said, okay, I'll do it for you. He did for me. Now I'm panicking. How much is he going to charge? He says, I'm not going to charge you, you know? And uh, we built this relationship until I went to, to Paris. I was hosted by him, with his family, at his house, took me to his radio program. And he became, he became the man, the bango for me, is my father, my godfather. So, and today we've, we spoke already, we did an album, and we are family still, although he's not here with us. So it was meant to happen. It all depended on me because he gave the sign. He gave, he opened the door. So I had to do the rest of the job, you know, and I've, I've done it, I believe, and it's not over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That story you just told kind of brings this whole interview full circle because we started talking about how you yourself are doing many of the things that he did. You're now this next generation. And on this album, we are hearing even the next generation and maybe even the next couple generations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, that that idea of the the kind of unbroken circle in this music, I think, is is beautiful and I I applaud you for carrying on that work. It's it's so important. Um thank you very much, Jason. Much appreciated.
you know, we live by nature in a very competitive world where sometimes I ask myself, if I was born in the United States, no matter where DC, New York, New Orleans, where would have been? I would probably be in a much higher level. That's what I say. That's not what was going to happen. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But I don't believe my narrative was going to be the same. So coming back to what you've just mentioned with Sounds of Peace, where you heard amazing languages, Makonde, Schwab, Shangan, you have beautiful and beautiful wording. And you in America say, wow, I wish I could grab and understand in detail. This is something that we have never thought about before because we didn't understand what was our purpose. Because Americans understood what their purpose is. But we did not understand what our purpose is because of the unfairness, right? America is a rich country. Mozambique is a poor country. So you grow up believing that you are poor. And when you believe that you are poor, you believe that you are incapable. When you believe you are incapable, you believe you are less. When you believe that you are less, you believe you are zero. That you have no contribution to make in the world. So that's with 99% of young kids in Africa, trust me, because they've never been exposed to better and no one has told them that they're beautiful. So today I'm sitting with you. Of course, those kids or those young artists on the rapper, it's probably the next two generations are gonna run the, the industry. But we are making our story with our within our context. In France, someone is doing, in New Zealand, somebody else, in Egypt, etc., etc. Yes, indeed, I have to agree with you. And um, I feel proud, number one, because they have given me this opportunity. And uh, when we did the launch, we did two launches for this album, one in Johannesburg for the Joy of Jazz, and uh, one in Maputo at the French Cultural Center. We had about almost 50 artists on stage. It's a lot of, in Mozambique, I had the opportunity to put together. Unfortunately, we just done one show. Probably when the economy gets better, we can tour the country because my idea is to tour the country with that show. And when I walk on stage, was the first time that happened to me because I've asked the crowd for permission. I said, because I said, listen, I'm not going to start the show. It's like knocking a door at your house. And I said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And before we start, I wanted to ask your permission for me to present myself as Sounds of Peace. And people started laughing. And I went again and said, I need your permission. Because if you say no, I won't do it. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm asking for permission. And they said yes, and we started. Why? Because I think sometimes we took our audiences for granted. And when COVID came again, man, that was, that was, it really hurt, man, to play without the audience. It's, it's, trust me. It's, trust me, we started thinking on some, some shows that we took the crowd for granted. It's, 
that was bad. <laughs> no musician world can prove me contrary. There's nothing that replaces a human touch, a human being, you know, missing your face in the audience, you know. Nothing replaces that. And uh, yes, we are going to appreciate the musicians. We are going to try and multiply and create more people, influence young kids for generations to come to carry on with whatever perspective of music they want. I'm not specifically talking about jazz and telling more stories. The album is Sounds of Peace. My guest is Moreira Changuisa. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you so much. Thanks to my guest, Moreira Changuisa. Thanks also to the members who support this show and to the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music and Sarah Walter for the logo. You can message me for more info about Sarah. Chuck Ingersoll is the voice of the intro. Hire him at hearchucknow.com. Follow the Jazz Session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram and TikTok at The Jazz Session. Take a second right now, if you would, to rate and review The Jazz Session wherever you listen. It greatly improves my ability to reach new listeners. I have a second podcast called A Brief Chat. It is also an interview show, but with no specific topic, just interesting folks talking about interesting things. You can find it at abriefchat.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you'd like to keep up to date on my podcast, my poetry, and more, subscribe to my newsletter. Go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. And if you like what you just heard, become a member for $5 a month at thejazzsession.com slash join. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.